This is the Citizen of Heaven podcast number 171, Truth. I'm Hal Hammonds, and I am a citizen of heaven, and your embedded correspondent in Satan's world. Thanks for checking in this week. I'm joined this week by Adam Shanks and Chris Kramer, both first-time guests on the podcast. Adam is the preacher for the Edwards Lake Church of Christ in Birmingham, Alabama, and the host of the Preach Impediments podcast. Chris is the preacher for the Church of Christ Northside in Russellville, Kentucky, and a regular contributor to the Answering Religious Error stream on Facebook. Both will be contributors this month to the Balancing the Christian Life Lectures. In the first half of our conversation, we will discuss the nature of the search for truth itself. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Solomon gave us that advice almost 3,000 years ago, and it's as good a piece of advice now as it was then. But the very concept of truth has fallen under a great deal of debate in recent years. What bit of truth is vital that we buy today? And what bit of truth are we being convinced to sell? Well, I'm reminded of John 18, 38. What is truth? (laughs) Immediately, my thoughts go to how people want to find their own truth. You know, uh, be you is some of the terminology that's used, live your truth. And usually what that means is live like you want, live how you think you were born to live. Uh, Everything always kind of goes back to God. And whether you're blaming God or saying that God has made me the way I am, we are almost demanding of God that he accept us for the way that we are. But of course, truth in this case is about the word of God. That's what we have to remember first and foremost, because it's the word of God that makes us who we are. You know, we are the clay. He is the potter and he makes and mold us in what he would have us be. We can only do that by his direction. Uh, You look at Hebrews and the disciplines of God that, that we accept, endure. He said, no discipline is joyful for the present, but afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We as Christians, I think oftentimes, you know, simplify it. We just go to the Bible, show me the verse. <laughs> and we let truth be defined to us by God. And that's to me, it doesn't make us non-thinkers. It doesn't make us puppets on a string. It means that we have the faith that we're going to choose his way. And I want God's truth. Chris just mentioned uh, Pilate's question there in John 18. Back just in the previous chapter, John 17, Jesus identifies it. Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. We know exactly what truth is as followers of Jesus. It's the words of Jesus. It's the word of God. And that is honestly the only objective standard we can go back to because, you know, especially in modern days with the recent court ruling about abortion and Roe v. Wade and, and the different court cases that they have or decisions they have thrown out, people have uh, astonishingly or maybe not so astonishingly uh, chosen their side and chosen their truth. And it has been amazing to me to watch the conversations. You get somebody who says uh, some sort of celebratory statement of, yay, you know, the Supreme Court threw out the legalization of abortion. And immediately the first person to comment is on, 
oh, you people are in a cult and you people are, are you know, celebrating all these lies and you're celebrating all of this discrimination and all of those types of things. I know the people who are celebrating, they're not excited about discrimination, I can promise you. But that truth has been redefined based on whatever conclusions the person making the claim wants to make. And when we define our own truth, that's exactly the way it goes. The value of knowing that there is a truth, not one truth of many, there's a single truth we can turn to. And that single truth doesn't change. And that one truth is constant and steady and and you can trust in it. It is absolutely the only thing we can believe in. And that gives us the stability we need to know truth and, and falsehood. And that's, you know, I love that Jesus just defined it right before Pilate asked the question. Thy word is truth. That's where we find it. And it only works when we have that universal standard, right? When there's there's something that everybody can sign on to. And you could make a case. I'm not sure I'm old enough to argue about this, but the Walter Cronkite argument or the encyclopedia might be a better example, where there were sources of information where the average person would go to and assume that it was truth, maybe not blindly assume. But if it's coming from such and such a source, I'm going to believe it. And 95% of the population is going to go along with that. Maybe it works to our advantage somehow in a weird sort of way, because our society is so fractured now, so splintered, that there is no chance, zero chance, that we're all going to get united around CNN or Fox News or any other source of so-called information out there. It's just never, ever going to happen. There has to be something much, much higher than this that can get so far away from human deception and human bias that can be truly above reproach. And I don't know that anything except the Bible can do that. Now, not everybody's going to sign on to the Bible, obviously. Not everyone's going to accept the Bible truth. But if you can accept it as God's word, then we don't have to run it through any kind of filter. We don't have to run it past a board of experts or anything such as that. It's just truth. It, it is what it is. And we can rejoice in that. And so much simpler it is that way. It's so much less stress. Our, our modern culture, I think, is well pictured by Wikipedia. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, like you said, that used to be there was a, a, a set of books you could purchase with 36 volumes, A through Z, of exactly what the truth is, and that were written by experts in their field. And you knew that if you were reading about this location or reading about this event or reading about this person, you were going to get good information from that Funkin' Wagnalls. I think that's the, the brand we had growing up of encyclopedias. Now, our modern-day encyclopedia is written by idiots. And I don't mean that in a judgmental way, but there's really no control over who gets to determine what is right versus what is wrong in Wikipedia. Anybody can go in there and pretend to be an expert and put their opinion in it. And the control of that is what the majority says. Because anybody can go in and take that information out, too. But it becomes whatever society believes is true, not what the expert says is true. 
And I think that's a good picture of the way our modern understanding of truth is, that truth is whatever the masses says is true. It's not what an objective standard says is true. When we look at God's word and we see the divine origin, that's where we have to go back to seeing the divine origin of God, that everything that comes from God is perfect. It is the expert. The problem with things like like Wikipedia and all, I mean, there's a lot of facts, dates, times. Uh, you can't deny those things. But most of truth is commentary put out by people today. And you use the word opinion, Adam. I mean, that's just, that's it in a nutshell. That's just your opinion, man. I mean, that's how everybody looks at everything that's said. It doesn't matter what you say. It's a beautiful day where I'm at. It's the sunshine, the sky's blue. There's a few clouds in the sky. I could go online and say it's a beautiful day and uh, the sun's out, the sky's blue. And somebody will argue with me about it. Inevitably, somebody will have something negative to say or, well, it's not really blue. It's more of a a shade of blue. The ocean water isn't really blue. It's just a reflection of the sky. I'm like, you're missing my point. You're missing my point, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's what they try to do with the Bible. They want to find a human reasoning, a, a human truth, if you will, to um, justify or deny the things of Scripture. That's what they did with Jesus. He would do a miracle, which they couldn't deny. So what did a few people do? Well, uh, uh, he's of Satan then. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that came from. Or, oh, well, he did it on the Sabbath day, so that's bad. So anything we can do to discredit the truth. And, of course, Jesus was the truth. John, what I love about John, most of my Bible references about truth come from the writings of John. And from the you know first verse, he says, you know, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. He describes truth as Jesus Christ, as the Word, which we have in biblical form today, given by the Holy Spirit, to the apostles, to the prophets of old, and they wrote these things down that you and I could have them today. When I look at that entire prayer of Jesus Christ, and I see how he is preparing to leave this earth, which we would know he would sacrifice himself and die, but be raised again, ascend into heaven to sit on the throne of the kingdom. He said, I'm going to go, but I'm going to leave you a helper. And in these passages, He talks about giving them the spirit, the spirit of truth. So what Jesus says in John 14 and verse 26 is the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. And then you look on over to chapter 15 and verse 26. And he says, uh, when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And then you look down in chapter 16, and he says to them, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So that's the three T's of truth, or the three T's of the Holy Spirit, to teach, testify, and tell, not of his own accord. Even Jesus said, what I speak comes from the Father in heaven. And I don't speak unless it comes from God. And that's what he's saying about the spirit. He's not coming with my truth or your truth, or you make this truth into what you know you would like it to be. This is God's truth. And this is what you need to abide by. And it's going to take humility. It's going to take patience. It's going to take a true love for God. 
Psalm 119, 160, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. And just, I, I love that, that first phrase there, the sum of your word. You take all of it together, and you add it all up, and it equals truth. And that's enough. <laughs> but the, the implication behind all of these truth concepts that you're alluding to, and there are dozens others, is that this is a truth that we cannot come to on our own. It's something that has to be given to us. It's not a matter of being really smart or being worldly wise or having a lot of experience or living a lot of years or whatever. The Bible repeatedly says this truth only comes from God, only through revelation. If you do not have it revealed to you, you don't have it at all. For the last 500 years especially, the human race has been focused on achieving and pushing boundaries and getting better and better and better. And that's worked out for us in a lot of ways. But in a lot of quarters, I would hesitate to say most, but I suspect it's probably most, we have convinced ourselves that any significant answer, either we already have it or we can get it with a little bit of extra work. And that attitude is going to destroy any effort to find God's truth. If, if we think that we can get it on our own, we're going to ignore what God has to say at some point, maybe not all of it, but we'll certainly ignore some of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you've got people who, well, they want to interpret, they like that word, interpret the Bible according to their standards. They come in with their agenda and they're going to make the Bible fit somehow. And people actually believe that that's the way that God revealed his word. Well, you know, we see that with the Constitution. Okay, we would think that that was something that would be solid. Obviously, we're talking about some of the events of this past week and the Supreme Court's coming down with all kinds of rulings this week that a lot of Christians are applauding. And uh, you go back 50 years and you see a misuse of the Constitution. The first thing that I hear in, in most every argument when uh, it's brought up in the main news sources that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade and what they say is, our constitutional right has been taken away from us. And that sounds pretty bad. But the Constitution was twisted and turned. And that's the exact same thing that Peter warns us at the end of his letters, when he said, there are those that twist and turn the scriptures to their own evil desires. They twist words like, you know, Paul the Apostles. He commends Paul for his writings, includes them with scripture. So that's what men do but it's not going to be accepted uh, in, in the sight of God. There is always a distinction between truth and righteousness, truth you know, right versus, versus wrong. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, you know, you are disciples according to the truth. The truth shall set you free. Okay, no, no other variation can set you free. No other variation can put you into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 1, 9 and 10, we are taught to be in the fellowship of Christ. In verse 10, he explains how that happens. He said that you speak the same thing and you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. He didn't say a judgment or as long as everybody gets along regarding this particular thing, whatever it might be, I'll accept that. I just want to see unity. Well, we're only united in Jesus Christ. As Ephesians 4 teaches us, there's one faith, one Lord, one baptism. Unless you are in Christ, then I'm sorry, we're just not united. Ultimately, whenever we have an agenda, we are rarely going to find the truth. 
and and unless your agenda is finding the truth, <laughs> like that has to be your one and only goal. And back to your comments, Hal, of the the concept of truth has to be revealed. That there is a sense in which we are dependent on revelation. We're not just dependent on revelation, but I think we are dependent on God being involved in our ability to understand truth at all. Uh, you have passages like David, Psalm uh, 25, verse 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. You know, there is a sense in which interpretation kind of gets a, a bad rap in Christian circles because we like to say, well, we don't interpret. We just read the Bible and let it say what it says. But everything you read involves some sort of interpretation. It doesn't involve agendas. And that's to me, is the difference. I think sometimes what we're really speaking out against is agenda, coming at the Bible with a preconceived notion coming at the Bible with conclusions already made, and forcing our understanding into the text. That's wrong. We can't do that. We have to have the attitude of David where he says, you make your ways known. You lead me in your ways. You teach me, Lord. But when we actually sit down and read it, we still have to seek to understand and get to the truth. Our intention has to be getting to the truth and letting God do the speaking. And that requires me to understand that if it says they came up out of the water, then they went down into the water first. And it requires me to understand that I don't just take one passage of Scripture that says, believe, and you'll be saved, but I have to take the one about belief, and the one about repentance, and the one about uh, baptism, and I have to put all of this together to make a complete picture. Well, that is interpretation. But that is seeking the will of God, not trying to find my answer in the text. Well, Paul uses the word natural in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you are of a mind where you are not going to be led by the Spirit, the spiritual man that he talks about, you are never going to find the truth. It is in a very real sense a natural state for you to be rebellious, for you to be willful, for you to be self-indulgent. We don't need to have some kind of explanation for why people act in rebellion against God's will. Why you, you show them a Bible and they say, I don't want to do that. That's the natural state. We were all like that at some point. If we can transcend that, if we can allow the Holy Spirit to guide us in the way that we have to go, then we have a chance to get out of that. But it's only going to happen when we make a determined decision I'm going to listen to the Spirit. I'm going to listen to God. And whatever he says, he, he says, eat peanut butter sandwiches every day for the rest of my life. That's what I'm going to do. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be convenient. It doesn't have to be according to my preferences or what daddy told me or what the preacher told me or anything like that. If it's from God, that's what I'm going to do. If you can get to that point, overcome your natural tendencies, then the road is paved. He wants you to have the truth, but you're not going to get the truth unless you meet him on his battlefield. It's only going to happen on his terms. He guarantees that you're not going to get it unless you do that. Well, and he gives us the, the, the ability and the command to make that choice. 
You know, Ephesians 5, 17. Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You know, we, we, <laughs> we have the choice of whether we want to be foolish or whether we want to understand. But that also says it is possible to understand. But we have to do the work to understand it. We have to actually seek to know not what our will is, but what the Lord's will is. You've been listening to the Citizen of Heaven podcast. Thank you for your support. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and or on YouTube. Comments, corrections, and suggestions are always welcome. Please feel free to follow me through Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, or Instagram, or check out my webpage, www.halhammonds.com. Until next time, be strong and courageous, fight the good fight of faith, and do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Hal Hammonds, the Citizen of Heaven, signing off.